Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the haven in Hythe, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We hope you're all safe and sound and uh, well and, and happy uh, in these very troubled days that the world's going through right now. So the material world's always going through something, isn't it? But it's particularly intense now. And uh, this Srimad Bhagavatam is the answer. Uh, it's described in the verses themselves and by the purports of His Divine Grace, Srimad Prabhupada, and uh, commentaries of our previous acharyas, which are you know, essentialized in His purports as well, confirm, all of them confirm, that the Srimad Bhagavatam Hearing uh, the pastimes of Krishna and the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, the pastimes of all his incarnations and great devotees, um, is the, uh, the way to uh, become attached to Krishna. Uh, the chanting of our Hare Krishna uh, purifies our hearts and more also gives us um, personal darshan of Krishna. But this Bhagavatam is essential uh, in this Kali Yuga uh, to awaken our, our love for Krishna, our attachment for Krishna, and eventually our love for Krishna. And that is the solution to all the problems of the world, both individually and collectively. So the Srimad Bhagavata Mahimastotram <clears throat> was compiled by Sanatana Goswami to glorify the Srimad Bhagavatam as he does so wonderfully. And it goes like this Sarvashastrabdipiyusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems, of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight <coughs> to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Ditya, Sri Krishna Paribhartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Varshakshadayate, Sarvadasavasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you, who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. <clears throat> you are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka bando matsangin, madguru man mahadana, manistadaka madbhagya, madananda namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth my Savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. 
I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chuchata kara hanamun jagata chinmam premna rit kantayoksbuddha. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we've reached the seventh chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, I'm in the third canto rather, of Srimad Bhagavatam, further inquiries by Vidura. Vidura is inquiring from Maitreya on the order of Uddhava, and because Maitreya was <coughs> present when Krishna gave his last instructions to Uddhava, uh, when he spoke the Uddhava Gita to Uddhava, <coughs> he heard everything. So Maitri was fully qualified to uh, answer Vidura's questions. So now we're going to hear more about the creation of the universe. <clears throat> we're beginning with text 10, chapter 7. The living entity is in distress regarding his self-identity. He has no factual background like a man who dreams that he sees his head cut off. Purport. A teacher in school <clears throat> once threatened his pupil that he would cut off the pupil's head and hang it on the wall so that the child could see how his head had been cut off. The child became frightened and stopped his mischief. Similarly, the miseries of the pure soul and the disruption of his self-identification are managed by the external energy of the Lord, which controls those mischievous living entities who want to go against the will of the Lord. Actually, there is no bondage or misery for the living entity, nor does he ever lose his pure knowledge. In his pure consciousness, when he thinks a little seriously about his position, he can understand that he is eternally subordinate to the mercy of the Supreme and that his attempt to become one with the Supreme Lord is a false illusion. Life after life, the living entity falsely tries to lord it over material nature and become the lord of the material world. But there is no tangible result. At last, when frustrated, he gives up his... <coughs> At last, when frustrated, he gives up his material activities and tries to become one with the Lord and speculate with much jugglery of words, but without success. <clears throat> These activities are performed under the, under the dictation of the illusory energy. The experience is compared to the experience of one's having his head cut off in a dream. The man whose head has been cut off also sees that his head has been cut off. 
If a person's head is severed, he loses his power to see. Therefore, if a man sees that his head has been cut off, it means that he thinks like that in a, in a, in a hallucination. Similarly, a living entity is eternally subordinate to the Supreme Lord, <clears throat> and he has this knowledge with him. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Similarly, <clears throat> Krishna. Therefore, if a man sees that his head has been, been cut off, it means that he thinks like that in hallucination. Similarly, a living entity is eternally subordinate to the Supreme Lord, and he has this knowledge with him, but artificially he thinks that he is God himself, and that although he is God, he has lost his knowledge due to Maya. This conception has no meaning, just as there is no meaning to seeing one's head being cut off. This is the process by which knowledge is covered. And because this <clears throat> artificial, rebellious condition of the living entity gives him all troubles, it is to be understood that he should take to his normal life as a devotee of the Lord and be relieved from the misconception of being God. The so-called liberation of thinking oneself God is that last reaction of avidya by which the living entity is entrapped. The conclusion is that a living entity deprived of eternal transcendental service to the Lord becomes illusioned in many ways. Even in his conditional life he is the eternal servant of the Lord. His servitude under the spell of illusory maya, is also a manifestation of his eternal condition of service. Because he has rebelled against the service of the Lord, he is therefore put into the service of maya. He is still serving, but in a perverted manner. When he wants to get out of service under material bondage, <clears throat> he next desires to become one with the Lord. This is another illusion. The best course, therefore, is to surrender unto the Lord and thus get rid of the illusory maya for good. As confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 7.14 Daivi yesha gunamayi mamamaya duratyaya mameva ye prabhadyante mayam etang tadantite Text 11. As the moon reflected on water appears to the seer to tremble <clears throat> due to being associated with the quality of the water, so the self associated with matter appears to have the qualities of matter. PURPORT The Supreme Soul, the Personality of Godhead, is compared to the moon in the sky, and the living entities are compared to the reflection of the moon on water. The moon in the sky is fixed, 
and does not appear to quiver like the moon on the water. Actually, like the original moon in the sky, the moon reflected on the water should also not quiver, but because of being associated with water, <clears throat> the reflection appears to be quivering. Although it is actually fact, although in actual fact, the moon is fixed. The water moves, but the moon does not move. Similarly, the living entities appear to be tainted by material qualities like illusion, lamentation, and miseries, although in the pure soul such qualities are completely absent. The word pratiyate, which means apparently and not actually, like the experience of having one's head cut off in a dream, is significant here. The reflection of the moon on the water is the separated rays of the moon and not the actual moon. The separated parts and parcels of the Lord entangled in the water of material existence <clears throat> have the quivering quality, whereas the Lord is like the actual moon in the sky, which is not at all in touch with water. The light of the sun and moon reflected on matter makes the matter bright and praiseworthy. The living symptoms are compared to the light of the sun and the moon illuminating material manifestations like trees and mountains. The reflection of the sun or moon is accepted as the real sun or moon by less intelligent men and the pure monistic philosophy develops from these ideas. In fact, the light of the sun and the moon are actually different from the sun and moon themselves, although they are always connected. The light of the moon spread throughout the sky appears to be impersonal, but the moon planet as it is, is personal, and the living entities on the moon planet are also personal. In the rays of the moon, different material entities appear to be comparatively more or less important. <coughs> Excuse me. The light of the moon on the Taj Mahal appears to be more beautiful than the same light in the wilderness. Although the light of the moon is the same everywhere, due to being differently appreciated, it appears different. Similarly, the light of the Lord is equally distributed everywhere, but due to being differently received, it appears to be different. One should not, therefore, accept the reflection of the moon on the water as actual and misunderstand the whole situation through monistic philosophy. The quivering quality of the moon is also variable. <coughs> Excuse me again. <clears throat> when the water is standing still, there is no quivering. A more settled conditioned soul quivers less, but due to material connection, the quivering quality is more or less present everywhere. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. <clears throat> Text 12. <clears throat> 
But that misconception of self-identity can be diminished gradually by the mercy of the Personality of Godhead, Vasudev, through the process of devotional service to the Lord in the mode of detachment. Purport. The quivering quality... <coughs> Excuse me again, sorry, folks. The quivering quality of material existence, which comes from identification with matter or from thinking oneself to be God due to the material influence of philosophical speculation, can be eradicated by devotional service to the Lord, by the mercy of the Personality of Godhead, Vasudeva. As discussed in the first canto, because the application of devotional service to Lord Vasudeva invites pure knowledge, it quickly detaches one from the material conception of life and thus revives one's normal condition of spiritual existence, even in this life, and frees one from the material winds which cause one to quiver. Only knowledge in devotional service can elevate one towards the path of liberation. The development of knowledge for the purpose of knowing everything without rendering devotional service is considered fruitless labor and one cannot get the desired result by such a labor of love. Lord Vasudeva is pleased by devotional service only and thus his mercy is realized by association with pure devotees of the Lord. <clears throat> pure devotees of the Lord are transcendental to all material desires including the desire for the results of fruitive activities and philosophical speculation. If one wants to acquire the mercy of the Lord, <clears throat> one has to associate with pure devotees. Such association alone can, by degrees, release one from the quivering elements. Text 13 When the senses are satisfied in the seer supersoul, the personality of Godhead, and merge in Him, all miseries are completely vanquished, as after a sound sleep. Purport The quivering of the living entity, as described above, is due to the senses. Since the entire material existence is meant for sense gratification, the senses are the medium of material activities and they cause the quivering of the steady soul. Therefore, the senses are to be detached from all such material activities. According to the impersonalists, the senses are to be stopped from work by merging the soul into the super-soul Brahman. The devotees, however, <clears throat> do not stop the material senses from acting but rather engage their transcendental senses in the service of the transcendence, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In either case, the activities of the senses in the material field are to be stopped by cultivation of knowledge 
and if possible, <clears throat> the senses, the sense, should be engaged in the service of the Lord. Should be the senses. Remind me, that's verse 13, purport. <clears throat> the senses are transcendental in nature, but their activities become polluted when contaminated by matter. We have to treat the senses to cure them of the material disease not stop them from acting, as suggested by the impersonalist. In the Bhagavad Gita 2.59, it is said that one ceases all material activities only when satisfied by contact with a better engagement. Consciousness is active by nature and cannot be stopped from working. Artificially stopping a mischievous child is not the real remedy. <clears throat> the child must be given some better engagement so that he will automatically stop causing mischief. In the same way, the mischievous activities of the senses can be stopped only by better engagement in relation with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When the eyes are engaged in seeing the beautiful form of the Lord, the tongue is engaged in tasting prasadam, or remnants of foodstuff offered to the Lord, the ears are engaged in hearing the glories, His glories, the hands are engaged in cleaning the temple of the Lord, the legs are engaged in visiting His temples, or in other words, when all the senses are engaged in transcendental variegatedness, then only can the transcendental senses become fully satisfied and eternally free from material engagement. The Lord as the Supersoul residing in everyone's heart and as the Supreme the Lord as the Supersoul in everyone residing in everyone's heart and as the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the transcendental world far beyond the material creation is the seer of all our activities. <clears throat> our activities must be so transcendentally saturated <clears throat> that the Lord will be kind enough to look upon us favorably and engage us in His transcendental service. Then only can the senses be satisfied completely and be no longer troubled by material attraction. Text 14. <clears throat> <clears throat> Simply by chanting and hearing of the transcendental name, form, and so on, of the Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, one can achieve the cessation of unlimited miserable conditions. Therefore, what to speak of those who have attained attraction for serving the flavor of the dust of the Lord's lotus feet? PURPORT Two different methods for controlling the material senses are recommended in the Vedic scriptural wisdom. One of them is the process of jnana, or the path of philosophical understanding of the Supreme, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. 
The other is that of direct engagement in the transcendental loving devotional service of the Lord. Of these two most popular methods, the path of devotional service is recommended here as the best because on the path of devotional service one does not have to wait for the attainment of the fruitive results of pious activities or for the results of knowledge. The two stages of executing devotional service are first the stage of practicing devotional service with our present senses under the regulations of the recognized scriptures and second attaining sincere attachment for serving the particles of dust of the dust of the lotus feet of the Lord. The first stage is called sadhana bhakti or devotional service for the neophyte which is rendered under the direction of a pure devotee. And the second stage <clears throat> is called Raga Bhakti, in which the mature devotee automatically takes to the various services of the Lord out of sincere attachment. The great sage Maitreya now gives the final answer to all the questions of Vidura. Devotional service to the Lord is the ultimate means for mitigating all the miserable conditions of material existence. The path of knowledge or that of mystic gymnastics may be adopted as a means for achieving that purpose, but unless mixed with bhakti or devotional service, they are unable to award the desired result. By practicing sadhana bhakti, <clears throat> one may gradually rise to the point of raga bhakti. And by performing Raga Bhakti in loving transcendental service, one can even control the Supreme Powerful Lord. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 15. <clears throat> Vidura said, O powerful sage, my Lord, all my doubts about the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the living entities have now been removed by your convincing words. My mind is now perfectly entering into them. PURPORT <clears throat> The science of Krishna or the science of God and the living entities is so subtle that even a personality like Vidura has to consult persons like the sage Maitreya. Doubts about the eternal relationship of the Lord and the living entity are created by mental speculators in different ways. But the conclusive fact is that the relationship of God and the living entity is one of the predominator and the predominated. The Lord is the eternal predominator and the living entities are eternally predominated. Real knowledge of this relationship entails reviving the lost consciousness to this standard and the process for such revival is devotional service to the Lord. By gaining a clear understanding from authorities like the sage Maitreya, <clears throat> one can become situated in real knowledge and the disturbed mind can thus be fixed on the progressive path. 
text 16. O learned sage, your explanations are very good, as they should be. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Can I have a Kleenex, please? Thank you very much. Excuse me, everyone. Again, text 16. O learned sage, your explanations are very good, as they should be. Disturbances to the conditioned soul have no other basis than the movement of the external energy of the Lord. Purport. A living entity's unlawful desire to become one with the Lord in every respect is the root cause of the entire material manifestation. For otherwise, the Lord has no need to create such a manifestation, even for his pastimes. The conditioned soul, under the spell of the external energy of the Lord, falsely suffers many unfortunate incidents in material life. The Lord is the predominator of the external energy, maya, whereas the living entity is whereas the living entity is predominated by the same maya under the material condition. The false attempt of the living entity to occupy the predominating post of the Lord is the cause of his material bondage and the conditioned soul's attempt to become one with the Lord is the last snare of Maya. Text 17 Both the, lo- <clears throat> Both the lowest of fools and he who is transcendental to all intelligence enjoy happiness, whereas, the pers- whereas persons in between them suffer the material pangs. I'll read that again. Both the lowest of fools and he who is transcendental to all intelligence enjoy happiness, whereas persons between them suffer the material pangs. Purport. The lowest of fools do not understand material miseries. They pass their lives merrily and do not inquire into the miseries of life. Such persons are almost on the level of the animals who, although in the eyes of superiors, are always miserable in life, are unaware of material distresses. A hog's life is degraded in its standard of happiness, which entails living in a filthy place, engaging in sex enjoyment at every opportune moment, and laboring hard in a struggle for existence. But this is unknown to the hog, Similarly, human beings who are unaware of the miseries of material existence and are happy in sex life and hard labor are the lowest of fools. Yet because they have no sense of miseries, they supposedly enjoy so-called happiness. The other class of men, those who are liberated and are situated in a transcendental position above intelligence, are really happy and are called 
paramahamsas. But persons who are neither like hogs and dogs, nor on the level of the paramahamsas, feel the material pangs. And for them, inquiry about the Supreme Truth is necessary. The Vedanta Sutra states, Atato Brahma Jigyasa. Now one should inquire about Brahman. This inquiry is necessary for those who are between the Paramahamsas and the fools, who have forgotten the question of self-realization in the midst of life and sense gratification. Prabhupada used to call in between the Paramahamsas and the pig. <laughs> Text 18. <clears throat> but, my dear sir, I am obliged to you because now I can understand that this material manifestation is without substance, although it appears real. I am confident that by serving your feet I will be able to give up the false idea. Purport. The sufferings of the conditioned soul are superficial and have no intrinsic value, like the cutting off of one's head in a dream. Yet although this statement is theoretically true, it is very difficult for the common man or the neophyte on the transcendental path to realize practically. However, by serving the feet of great transcendentalists like Maitreya Muni, and by constantly associating with them, one is able to give up the false idea that the soul suffers material pangs. Text 19 By serving the feet of the spiritual master, one is able to develop transcendental ecstasy in the service of the Personality of Godhead, who is the unchangeable enemy of the Madhu demon and whose service vanquishes one's material distresses. PURPORT The association of the bona fide spiritual master, like the sage Maitreya, can be of absolute help in achieving transcendental attachment for the direct service of the Lord. The Lord is the enemy of the Madhu demon, <coughs> or in other words, He is the enemy of the suffering, of his pure devotee. The word rati rasa is significant in this verse. Service to the Lord is rendered in different transcendental mellows, relationships, neutral, active, friendly, parental, and nuptial. 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 A living entity in the liberated position of transcendental service to the Lord becomes attracted to one of the above-mentioned mellows. And when one is engaged in transcendental loving service to the Lord, one's service, one's service attachment in the material world is automatically vanquished. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita 2.59, Rasavarja Rasopyasya Param Drishtva Nivartate Text 20. Persons whose austerity is meager can hardly obtain the service of the pure devotees progressing on the path 
back to the kingdom of Godhead, the Vaikuntas. Pure devotees engage 100% in glorifying the Supreme Lord, who is the Lord of the demigods and the controller of living entities. Purport. The path of liberation recommended by all authorities is to serve the Mahatmas or transcendentalists. As far as the Bhagavad Gita is concerned, the Mahatmas are the pure devotees who are on the path to Vaikuntha, the kingdom of God, and who always chant and hear the glories of the Lord rather than talk of dry, profitless philosophy. This system of association has been recommended since time immemorial, but in this age of quarrel and hypocrisy, it is especially recommended by Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Even if one has no assets of favorable austerity, if one nevertheless takes shelter of the Mahatmas engaged in the pure devotional service of chanting and hearing the glories of the Lord, one is sure to make progress on the path back home, back to Godhead. <clears throat> Text 21 After creating the total material energy, the Mahatattva, and thereby manifesting the gigantic universal form with senses and sense organs, the Supreme Lord entered within it. Purport. Fully satisfied by the answers of the sage Maitreya, Vidura wanted to understand the remaining portions of the creative function of the Lord, and he took the clue from the previous topics. Hare Krishna. So we're almost at 8 o'clock. We will stop here and resume tomorrow our reading at text 22 of the seventh chapter of the third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna, everyone. So these are, again, the Bhagavatam just gets better and better. Uh, so we're anticipating the reflections of the, of the assembled sages after hearing these wonderful verses. Hare Krishna. Who's <clears throat> this from? Dr. Christopher. Yes, Dr. Christopher. First up the block, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Jai, all glorious to Srila Prabhupada. From Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages, all glorious to Srila Prabhupada. All glorious to His Divine Grace. Hare Krishna, <coughs> thank you. And from Bhakta Rupa. Yes, Bhakta Rupa. Thank you very much for reading this evening, Maharaj. 
So many wonderful analogies to help visualize these philosophical concepts. Mm. Prabhupada's poetry is next level. Particularly liked the description of the moonlight on the Taj Mahal mm. being the same as the moonlight on the forest mm. and just appears different relatively. Yes, this... These analogies are tried and true. And although it may be tempting to find new ones and, you know, go after them, uh, the fact is that these are the ones that work. When I say the ones that work, it means that generally speaking, the conditioned souls in the Kali Yuga are not so philosophically astute as we've heard in some of these purports this time, you know, in which uh, Bidura admits that now his illusions are dispelled about the living entity, you know, and, uh, you know, now he's going to be able to continue hearing about the creation in more detail. So, these analogies are very powerful in their work. When I was in London between oh early nineteen eighty seven and towards the end of nineteen ninety four I conducted a q and a session questions and answers every day almost every day uh, and people came from all over the world because London is such a cosmopolitan place and from all walks of life. They, they came, they would, we had devotees going out and giving invitations to lunch program and then we would work the crowd after the talk and, and, and while the feast was going on they would ask if they, anybody would like to come and hear a senior, senior devotee to answer questions. Many came and after some time, a few years, it became famous and people came from all over. And I learned one very important lesson during that time. Uh, you can only learn these lessons by experience over a period of time. I learned that there were certain answers to certain questions that worked every time. And so rather than try to manufacture something newer and better and so on and so forth, I just repeated the ones that worked. And they got more and more effective over time. And during that time, approximately 80 new devotees uh, of Western origin joined the, the movement during that time. So this is the, what's the word, the, uh, you judge a thing by the results. <clears throat> Palgena praliate. best plan is the one that works. Hare Krishna. So we, we are addicted in the material world to coming up with newer and newer plans, <coughs> newer and newer thoughts. That's what mental speculation is all about. We have to have the newest thing. You know, we have to get the newest gadget, the newest gizmo, the newest car, the newest whatever. But actually, the things that will satisfy the soul are the solid uh, 
devotional service of the Lord of hearing and chanting um, from the lips of a pure devotee the glories of the Lord. Hare Krishna. Jagamohan. Yes, Jagamohan. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj and dear devotees, please accept my respectful obeisances. In tonight's purports, Srila Prabhupada mentioned several times how we are the predominated and the Lord is the predominator. This point causes me to reflect on our current condition, how every single living entity is behaving as if they are the one and only predominator. This envy of Krishna seems to be at the root cause of our diseased condition. Thank you once again for your service to our dear Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to the Srimad Bhagavatam. Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you very much. That was very succinct <coughs> summary of, the, of the, what we just read. Thank you so much. Nice reflection. Hare Krishna. I'm from Bhakti Rupa. Yes, Bhakti Rupa. Prabhupada mentioned the last snare of Maya being trying to become one with God once again. I was wondering, is it the case that persons with the goal of becoming one with God are quite elevated souls as they have reached this final misconception? No, it's just the opposite. It's just the opposite. They're the most degraded. Therefore, they're the most dangerous persons to associate with. When Prabhupada calls it the last snare, first of all, the, the word snare is, is a specific word that Prabhupada uses. It's a very poetic word. <clears throat> a snare is a little, t a small little trap which is used to trap birds or s very small uh, animals. And he uses that analogy in order to show that it's actually... Uh, not not that not it's the it not it, that it's the last how do I say this clearly? It's it's what the soul resorts to after he's tried everything else to enjoy in this material world. That's the last snare. It doesn't mean it's the ultimate or it's the it, it means it's he's tried everything else and therefore this is the last thing that will keep him in the material world. So in one sense, it's the worst thing, even though it's called the last thing. It's not the stepping stone to you know, spiritual realization. It's actually the most entangling and the most difficult to come out of. Hare Krishna. The illusion that's most difficult to come out of. Daityari Hari. Yes, Daityari Hari. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for tonight's reading. That point we just heard was really reassuring. I can safely say I have no assets of favorable austerity, but I certainly find shelter here listening to you, hearing and chanting the glories of the Lord. <laughs> well, according to the Bhagavatam, that means that you've done all those austerities uh, in previous lifetimes, at least. Hare Krishna. So even though you may not be conscious of it, to be attached to hearing and chanting like this means you have done the austerities. Hare Krishna.
Yes, Subaral. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for reading the glorious translations and purports of Srila Prabhupada. Jai Hare Krishna. Association is the key as I understood from these sentences. Quote, if one wants to acquire the mercy of the Lord, he has to associate with pure devotees. Such, as, such association alone can mm. by degrees release one from the quivering elements. Mm. The second quote. Even if one has no assets of favorable austerity, mm. if he nevertheless takes shelter of the Mahatmas who are engaged in chanting and hearing the glories of the Lord, he is sure to make progress on the path back home, back to Godhead. Jai Ho for giving your association through reading, which enables us to listen in. <laughs> Hare Krishna, thank you very much. I'm so, I'm so touched by these uh, appreciations. I'm just, uh, yeah, I admit, I admit I'm attached to hearing from Srila <coughs> Prabhupada and it never gets tiring to me. I like it more every time I sit down and read out loud to, to you all. It's just, it's mystical ever-increasing, it's always new, it's always fresh, and it's uh, fully absorbing, fully absorbs the mind. I think there was one verse that was particularly noteworthy. I can't remember the Sanskrit, sorry, but it says that only by this hearing and chanting can one be delivered from the influence of the material nature, once and for all. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Yes, when we when we actually come to the position of having acquired a taste for hearing, then we never get bored. We never get tired of he hearing these beautiful poetic analogies and similes that Srila Prabhupada gives us over and over again. And they're coming from the Vedas. They're, they're coming from the Vedas themselves. Uh, this is the test, actually. This is the test of our devotional life, how, how we are advancing in Krishna consciousness is how much taste we've developed for hearing about Krishna and devotional service in the beginning our <coughs> taste comes mainly from our practical devotional activities and service but then it that leads us <coughs> and we heard that also tonight in the reading that by practicing sadhana bhakti seriously and and determinedly uh, in an uninterrupted way we eventually come to ragamarg to spontaneous devotional service uh, which is the state which is the goal that's the goal we should always remember that's the goal but there are devotees who have developed a philosophy that you have to give up the activities of sadhana bhakti in order to get rag bhakti 
but we heard from, from Prabhupada in that one purport that the practice of sadhana bhakti purifies the soul and, and makes one eligible. It's actually the sadhana itself that allows one to come to the sadhya or the goal, which is raga bhakti, pure loving service to the Lord in spontaneous attack, attachment and affection. So we should know about the goal. We should continue to hear about the goal, even if we haven't achieved it yet, because then we can know where we're going. You know, if someone gives you the address of someone in London, right, it's a huge, sprawling city, you know, and uh, if you look at a map of it, it's not so, you know, clearly some of the ways that the roads connect together and twist and turn. No one would be able to find the address unless you know where it is, unless you have the, you know, uh, yeah, your, your A to Z, as they say here, the map. So, yes, we need to hear about the goal, and we need to practice with the aim of the goal in mind, and then Krishna gradually, as our eagerness to achieve that goal comes more and more, Krishna will give us the intelligence, He'll even give us the practical service. He'll pre he'll preserve what we have. He'll 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 uh, provide what we lack personally. You know, if we just ananya satatam, if we give up conditional devotional service and just serve uh, for Krishna's pleasure, um, our spiritual master and the previous acharyas in Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his movement, Hare Krishna. Subaru. Subaru. Haribo. He says, Happy Memorial Day weekend, Maharaj. <laughs> well, I'm in London now. I mean, I'm not in London, but I'm in England. So, you know, I'm not so conscious of Memorial Day weekend. But thank you very much. <clears throat> he says, Planning to attend a retreat by His Holiness Sri Romapad Maharaj virtually. Oh, I see. Well, that's a good thing to do. From Bhakta Rupa. Yes, Bhakta Rupa. Thanks for your answers recently, Maharaj. You've given me a real desire to chase that taste for hearing about Krishna and his energies. Hare Krishna. The ability to hear has improved since I realized I actually want to hear. Reminds mm. me of Srimad Bhagavatam 1217. Yeah, and actually, if I mean, <coughs> if you think about it deeply, uh, it's pretty obvious that the hearing and the chanting is actually non-different than the goal. We're hearing an incarnation of Krishna. When we chant the holy name, that's the holy name is an incarnation of Krishna in sound, and also the Srimad Bhagavatam is a literary incarnation of Krishna. So we're actually associating with Krishna. We may not be able to fully you know, perceive it, but it's the truth nonetheless. And when that faith in this fact becomes fixed in the heart, then we can uh, uh, aspire for the higher uh, <coughs> rungs of the, of the devotional ladder. Hare Krishna. <coughs> From Daitari Hari. Yes, Daitari Hari. That point about the light of the Lord being received differently by different living beings 
and therefore perceive differently is always something I've appreciated. Mm. It's a point explained beautifully in the seventh canto where it's described that the Lord is impartial to anyone. His mercy is distributed everywhere, even to the demons who he also favors through chastising and rectifying. Yes. It's interesting that the Lord sets this material world up, gives us the means to elevate ourselves, and makes himself available in so many different ways, but under different conditions, also <coughs> created by the Lord. We perceive that mercy differently, and sometimes we don't perceive it at all. Yes, I was going to reflect <coughs> on this point about the Paramahansas and the pigs, you know, are, you know, oblivious to the, to the, to the material sufferings. But everyone else in between, which is well, almost all of us, are uh, busily suffering. Hare <laughs> Krishna. We're so fortunate. I, I, I accept your point. We're so fortunate to have Prabhupada's, you know, Bhagavatam translation and commentary. So fortunate. Because now we have a clear idea where we're going. If you don't have a clear idea where you're going, you're bound to be restless and agitated and disturbed in so many different ways. And Maya's duty is to give you a vast array of things to bewilder you. Just when you go to these big malls and they have hundreds of shops and literally billions of things to look at and purchase and most people only have enough money to buy one or two things when they go there. So they spend their whole time looking for something to, to enjoy in these billions and billions of things. It's, it's sad, actually. It's very sad. And therefore, the devotees who are understanding the truth of the matter, that all of those things are phantasmagoria, just like seeing one's own head cut off in a dream. It means nothing. It's meaningless. So all these different uh, material uh, The, the variegated material ener energy, the, the various things in the material world that are there for us to try to own and try to enjoy uh, illusory, in an illusory way. <clears throat> yeah, it's all, it's Krishna's mercy trying to satisfy the conditioned soul. Nothing more than that. Hare Krishna. But he's not really satisfied until we want him. So that's the goal. The goal is to achieve Krishna's mercy so that we can want to satisfy Him, that we can want to be with Him, that we can want to play with Him in the spiritual world. That's the real happiness and that's what Krishna wants. He wants the happiness of His creatures, of His creation. Hare Krishna. And I think one point, another important point we heard at the beginning of this reading was that the living entity doesn't actually suffer. He thinks he's suffering. And he's only thinking like that because he's in the material energy. And the material energy is always moving and always changing and therefore he's thinking that he's changing. But the soul is like the moon in the sky, fixed, 
and the material energy is like the water that the moon is uh, reflecting upon and therefore the moon appears to be rippling appears to be moving just like when you look at the moon through the through the branches of a tree sometimes and there's clouds it looks like the moon is moving but it's sta stationary so this is they have these you know optical illusions that every once in a while they put out to the public you know can you see what the real you know and you, we can tell a lot about you from what you see in this optical illusion and so and it's all just phantasmagoria. It's being attached to something that doesn't is meaningless, and they're being taught that that's fun. That's that's what you do. And therefore, to come out of it is not easy because everyone's into it. Everyone's into the, you know, the the polemics and the arguments and being right and controlling others and owning other people's property and taking more, you know, than they need. And that means other people have less than they need. And it's just, it's a trap. It's a huge trap, this material world. So that was, in, that was the conclusion of this section that we just read. Vidura is, you know, you know questioning uh, Maitreya. And by Maitreya's answers, he's understanding the reality that the soul doesn't move. The soul is not bewildered. The soul is fixed in its original position. It's just covered and the material energy is causing it to appear flickering. It's like, getting, it's like sobering up from a drunken binge or, or waking up from a, from a deep dream. The other night, just, just what, 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 last night or the night before last, I had this, I have a re reoccurring dream like this. I'm somewhere and I'm trying to catch a plane and I'm with a whole bunch of people, devotees or others, and we're trying to get all the things packed and put, and then get to the plane. And it's just a huge <laughs> anxiety. And it's, are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? And then you wake up, and then it's, oh, oh, what a relief. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just like that, material existence. Just like that. And we all have the experience. Thank you all very much for your association and for your reflections and your discussions. It's, it, make, it helps the, the Bhagavatam come even more to life. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabhira bhaktivinda ki jai. Gaur premanandi adihari bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic, as Maitre continues with his description of the creation. We've heard now how the universal form was created, or the, or the body of the Lord, the external body of the Lord was created from the Mahatattva. And we haven't even gotten into the universes yet. Very interesting. See you tomorrow.